I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. from the Hill Country of Central Texas. I'm Amos Fox, and this is Revolution of Military Affairs. On today's episode, we're meeting with General uh, Major General Retired Pat Donahoe, most recently uh, the commander of Fort Benning, uh, now known as Fort Moore, and uh, currently on the staff at Columbus State University and Columbus Technical College, uh, both there in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, General Donahoe and I have, have known each other for quite some time, and so the conversation was was a lot of fun, and actually went uh, quite a bit longer than what uh, what we intended. So, uh, because of that, I'll, I'll go ahead and this 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 episode will be split into two, and so you'll get the first episode today, and then I'm going to break it up and have a different episode next week, and then the following week. So in two weeks, you'll hear the conclusion of this conversation. Uh, but again, like I said, uh, great conversation with Gen- uh, General Donahoe. It was a good, uh, good time catching up, uh, and I think you'll hear a lot of uh, fascinating conversation from the story. So, with that, we'll go ahead and get going with uh, Major General Pat Donahoe. All right, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to uh, Revolution of Military Affairs. Today we have uh, retired Major General Pat Donahoe on as the guest. Uh, he's currently working at Columbus State and uh, doing a lot of great stuff there. Uh, being a tanker, I try and keep my uh, my my real job uh, off, off to the side on this podcast. However, I am a, a tank officer, and as a tank officer who came in to uh, – Came into the force after uh, things got going in Iraq and Afghanistan. I was always uh, talked down upon by old tankers about how great it was uh, 
being a, a tanker before the, the the global war on terrorism so sir with that if we could lead in with a cool tanker story as a as a as a tanker that doesn't get how tanking used to be uh, i'd appreciate and i'm using air quotes nobody can see what i'm doing but uh, um if you would sir please 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 share a great old tank story for me preferably yeah, something yeah. from germany or korea <laughs> absolutely so we'll we'll take it we'll take it to hohenfels in the mid 90s right and uh, of course you know the the, the the lieutenant colonels and colonels in the mid 90s would have told you that you know what we were doing in the mid 90s was nothing compared to what they were doing in the in the 80s right and so, so much harder so much better yeah. so this is a, this is a no shit story right so i was uh i was a, a troop commander in in one one cav and um you know and by the way you know that you you end up in these magical units right so when i when I took Alpha Troop 11 Cav, my my XO was a guy named uh, uh, named Frank Lozano. Frank right now is a one star, right? One of my one of the tank platoon leaders, right? So this is a divisional Cav squadrons. So he had two two scout platoons and two tank platoons. One of the tank platoon leaders was a guy named John Byron, right? Who's who's uh, you know a one star getting ready, hopefully to move up to two star, right? So so a magical you know a magical unit, right? Um, best unit you know, in the army. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was it was fantastic. I mean, the squadron was fantastic. Great, great leadership. Well, we went. Uh, we got the squadron commander was a guy named Tim Cherry. We go into the box at Hohenfels, and and Cherry was like, "Hey, we are not doing a standard rotation." So we did, we did a north to south zone reconnaissance for the squadron um, that had hadn't been done in years in in Hohenfels, right? So you know, again, if anybody who's been to Hohenfels, every fight is east to west or west to east, right? Because it's a uh, it's 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 basically a big rectangle, right? So it's it's wide. It's about forty five kilometers wide, but probably only you know twenty kilometers deep, right? So, but uh, so we went in and we were doing uh, we did we did a zone reconnaissance north to south, and then we did a moving flank guard, right? And so you think about trying to do a moving flank guard today, and uh, that's that's pretty. That's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty hard to do. And and Alpha Troop, the troop I was in command of, we were given the threefold mission, right? All right, Cav doctrine guys out there, what what's the threefold mission, right? So, so we had to maintain contact with the uh, with the element, uh, the protected element's main body, right? So that's what that's what my leftmost or my you know my uh, northernmost because we were moving north, uh, we were moving uh, west to east. My northernmost element was was the maintaining contact with the brigade we were protecting then you had a scout section doing the those the the route reconnaissance of the uh of the main route of advance for the for the squadron and then we were doing the zone reconnaissance right so three three missions or the three full mission trip because the the other two troops in the squadron are behind you and they're and they're doing flank security right as you're moving as you're moving uh if you're as you're moving uh, west to east, their focus to the south, you know, to, to prevent any 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 attack on the, the the protected element. And so, sure enough, the tank section that I've got doing the maintain contact with the uh, maintain contact with the uh, protected unit, um, they get completely. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a staff sergeant named Bazell. He gets completely confused as to his mission and what he's doing. Just continues to drive on the northern side of the uh, uh, the box, completely skirts uh, the main body of the enemy coming in that we pick up, and then these two tanks end up in the rear, 
and just decimate the the rear the rear elements of of the op four and of course throws the op four into utter confusion we finally make contact in during as the zone reconnaissance we start to collapse uh we start to collapse the security zone and they finally they they you know we get a we get a persistent chem strike dropped right you know on top of uh, you know my lead element of course thank god i what i didn't get into that right so we scoot around it and then we end up running into the forward patrol, wipe out the forward patrol, and then you know we 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 declare victory, and then you know, the the OCs stop it because it was such a beating, such a beatdown. But yeah, so I mean that was that was fantastic, right? I mean, and so as a young cab troop commander, I mean, I I had I probably had seventy vehicles in the in the troop at that point because I had the smoke platoon, I had. I had the uh, I had the ALO attached to me. I had an engineer platoon attached to me. I mean, it 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 reminded me years later. It reminded me of man, that looked that looked like a battalion in the field as a yeah as a punk ass captain. I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah, we don't do that anymore because we don't have dip calves. We need to bring those back just That's for right. the, uh, the the way you were describing that sounded very similar to the the way I heard seventy three Easting uh, described. You know, they they, they basically. <laughs> Two two cab basically got uh, off course and drifted and uh, stumbled into the enemy and just made the best of it. So, so remember, good gunnery makes up for bad maneuver every time. Oh, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. As uh, as a former tank company commander and battalion S three and a tank battalion, I I hundred percent agree with you. All right, so you've uh, you've warmed my heart a bit, sir. I'm uh, I feel I feel a bit ready, uh, a bit more ready to chat. So. Now that you're retired, sir, what is it that you're doing? And uh, can you tell us a bit more about uh, how you're helping out at Columbus State University? Yeah, so so first off, thanks thanks for the opportunity, right? So I got my little Columbus State pin on, right? The uh, So I'm, I'm working as a special assistant to the presidents of both Columbus State University and Columbus Technical College. And, you know, because I, I retired out of, you know, out of Fort Benning, now Fort Moore. I had kids in high school, so we, we stayed in the area. We loved Columbus. Columbus is a great town. And this was a really, it was kind of a soft landing, right? I mean, I, I you know, I started talking to these presidents uh, as I was doing my transition and they were like, hey, we'd like to bring you on the team. And so they made the job for me. But, but you know, and a lot of people say this kind of stuff, but man, I can really help soldiers in this, in this role. So, you know, as an example of that, you know, Columbus State has had the master's pro program with, with uh, Maneuver Captain's Career Course now going back to when HR McMaster was the CG at, at Benning, right? And so about 12, 12 years ago, and that's a really good program. We had the program had really atrophied over time because it was solely it's solely tied to captains graduating from the career course, and then their branches allowing them to stay for up to six months to complete the coursework. Right. Well, we've moved that program, we've moved it completely online as well. Right. So what we were able to do in the last years, we've moved that from a 36 credit hour master's to a 30 credit hour master's, right? So think 12 classes, now 10. Yeah. You still get three class credits for the MCCC curriculum. So now you're seven classes from a master's of organizational leadership and leader development. We're delivering the curriculum now so that when you walk across the stage of MCCC, you can be halfway to the master's because we're going to deliver two of the classes uh, in a hybrid format while you're, while you're actually going through the career course. Matter of fact, we're going to do the negotiations class because the dean who's running the business school is fantastic. 
the, she's going to teach the negotiations class. First night of it, on a Friday night, 3 November, she's going to deliver that in building four on post. And then we're going to do three weekends with a weekend break in between each session uh, downtown. All day on a Saturday from 9 to 5, and then on Sunday from 1 to 4. Do that over three weekends, and boom, you're done. You're now, you're now you know, six classes from the Masters. And then we're going to deliver another class while you're in it, right? And then it doesn't matter if you're one of the lucky few who get to stay and go to school full time, you you can do that, right? Or uh, no matter where you go in the army, you can you can complete the other five classes online. The other thing we've done is we've actually we I keep telling I, I keep saying this to the president of the, of the CSU, like we we endeavor to be the army's graduate school, right? So by doing that, we've we've gotten now blanket approval of every active duty captain's career course gives you those same nine credits of transfer, right? So if you go to the air defense captain's career course, you go to the MI captain's career course, same, same credit, right? And, and again, it's all delivered online, so we can do that. The other thing we did is it, the, we didn't realize it as a school, but we were, we were charging folks above the tuition assistance rate for online courses. And so the president just said, you know, when we brought that to the president, she just signed a policy memo that day. We will only take tuition assistance. We were also charging um, about half of the fees that normally get charged. We were still charging soldiers. She, same thing, wrote those. Nope, we're not going to charge. So, so it is, it is just tuition assistance. So it's exactly the same kind of freight that you pay going to, you know, going to a, a diploma mill like American, you know, military university, which I, I do have a degree from, right? But, but it's, it's, it's a better experience, right? And it's really it's designed to deliver uh, a, a, you know, a, a career course complement master's program that's going to make our officers better right down the road. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing on the on the Columbus Tech side. For for anybody out there who doesn't know what the technical colleges or the community colleges do, man, those things are magic for military spouses. Now you can you can no matter how long you're going to be at Fort Benning, you can go down to Columbus Technical College or the you know, the one across the river in Alabama, the Chattahoochee Valley Community College, and you can get you can get a credential for you know dignified, well-paying work within you know as early as four weeks to as far as two years, right? But I mean, we we train folks over there to be phlebotomists, right? So that's drawing your blood at the hospital, radiologists, LPNs. Uh, we've got got a program, a bunch of cyber programs where guys can go in and get get all the credentials for that. And, and usually there are no money out of pocket at all uh, for the spouse because it's they're treated like a Georgia resident. And normally those are all covered by the by what they call the hope grant. And so you, you, these things are just it, it's just it's just a great way to educate our soldiers and then get our spouses uh, on a career path that will be mobile with that soldier. So, you know, because spouse employment is a national security issue. Right. If we, we, we can't provide, uh, you know, pathways for spouses. Uh, we're going to we're going to lose those soldiers are going to lose because they're going to the army's going to lose those soldiers because they'll vote with their feet. Yeah, that's right. That's good to hear, sir, because it's uh, like, again, as we were chatting beforehand, my fa family to me is a huge deal. I know a lot of folks say that, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I really mean it. Unlike everybody else. And uh, that <laughs> that that, uh, that spouse education and spouse credentialing thing was always important to us too um especially because you know in the military it's it's, it's 
whether you're enlisted or an officer, you're moving quite a bit, and uh, and it's hard to keep up on on uh, all the different things in different states too. And so it's good to hear that uh, that uh, Columbus Technical College is helping out with that. The real question, though, I have for you re- regarding Columbus is: How often do you eat at Iron Bank? <laughs> that place so is my favorite. Every time I go to Columbus, yeah. I was at Benning for the Maneuver Conference or Fort Moore for the Maneuver Conference when you asked me in. Uh, every day as double fist and cinnamon rolls while I was there, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I I end up in the I end up at the Iron Bank quite quite often. Usually for like it's either coffee between meetings that are you know because the Columbus State's campus split between the Riverfront campus and the downtown and the you know the Exit Seven campus, right? My office is at Exit Seven, you know, but I'm downtown a good amount, and so I'll I'll end up there with coffee. But I, I actually had a, had a meeting down there with Sergeant Major Greca the other day. And so we were on the street drinking coffee and snacking down there at, uh, at the Iron Bank. It was wonderful. Yeah, the, uh, everything they got going down there at the Uptown uh, is terrific. That area, that part of yeah. Columbus, I absolutely love it. Yeah. If you haven't been to Columbus, if you haven't been to Columbus in 10 years, you, you would not recognize the place. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good town. You, you mentioned what well, we're talking about education here. So I'm curious, especially since you recently retired out of Fort Benning, uh, now Fort Moore. Again, apologies uh, to everybody if I slip and say Benning because it's you know it's 20 plus years of conditioning that we've got to work out here. Um, so we're we're working on calling it Fort Moore. But uh, you know we were uh, I was I was at uh, Fort Moore for the maneuver conference about two years ago. You invited me to come in and and uh, give a presentation. And we uh, I came by the house uh, the night prior and we were talking. At, uh, at your at your house there at Riverside, which is a, fen- a phenomenal uh, home that the the commanding generals of Fort Fort Moore get to live in, and uh, when we were talking, you pulled me aside and you were talking about the course of military thinking and military thinking both in the past and in today. And what uh, you'd mentioned the general that had chided uh, Eisenhower when he was a captain for writing and thinking about tanks when he was a, an infantryman and to be a good infantryman, he needed to stay on the party line and talk about good infantry stuff. And so that, that really like, uh, it was an inspiring a, to hear that from a two-star general uh, B it was also really, really cool to hear that in the house that the guy used to live in. Uh, I, I don't remember the guy's name, the general. Farnsworth. Farnsworth. Thank you, sir. Farnsworth. Yeah. Don't be, don't be a Farnsworth. That's, That's what they should yeah. call it. That should be a charm school for generals, right? That's right. And so with that, don't be a Farnsworth, sir. I'm curious where you think, uh, what you think the current state of military thinking is and how PME is doing to prepare both junior and senior leaders for uh, for the, the significant challenges of armed conflict today. Yeah. So I, I think I think we have, I, I think we still have a good number of Farnsworths running around in the army, right? Um, and, and they're at every rank, right? They're the, they're the, salty lieutenant colonel who's going to punish some captain who comes in with an idea there's some sergeant major who's going to spank you know squash some staff sergeant who's trying to make change there in their unit right and we got and we got them at, we got them at the general officers ranks uh you know quite a few right and uh so i'll share a story with you without any names but i got invited by one of my peer coe commanders to come speak at uh, at their conference right their equivalent of their maneuver conference right and and he had asked me to kind of talk about what we saw as the the lessons coming out of Ukraine and what we were what we were taking from that. And so I, you know, I went into this pitch and I was ta- I was talking about a whole host of 
things we were seeing in the Russian BTG uh, that were really exposing weaknesses in our own armored brigade combat teams, right? And so, you know, our armored brigade combat teams are infantry poor formations, right? So we brought that up, right? We've, we made a decision uh, seven, eight years ago to take about 23 mechanized infantry companies out of our structure, right? So th then we, we went away from balanced cabs. Well, now we've got, we, we, we've got the same problem as the, as the Russians do. Or we don't have enough infantry inside, inside our mechanized formations, right? We should, we should acknowledge that, right? And we should then have a pathway to fix it, right? And so we talked about that. We talked about uh, fuel delivery, right? And so we, as we watched the Russian BTGs run out of fuel, um, hey, you know, when I was a support platoon leader in second tank in 1990, 91, I had 23 Hemet fuelers in that battalion. That's how big that support platoon was, right? Because we were going to have to fight distributed in Korean terrain and we needed a lot of fuel capacity forward. If you look at a combined arms battalion today, they only have six fuel prime movers and six trailers, right? So you got the equivalent of 12 Hemet loads, but you actually only have six vehicles that can pull it. On any given day, one of those trucks is down, right? So now you've lost, you've lost a sixth of your fuel hauling capacity, right? And so then, you know, and I just kind of, I just kept talking about different things. I, the way we're, we were organized, we made decisions like forward support companies. We made decisions to put forward support companies organic to the, you know, the, the support battalion, and then they would attach. Well, we did that because we had a law against women in combat units. Well, we no longer, and, 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 we, and we needed the manpower, woman power in this case, uh, in, these, in these logistics units. And so we made those decisions. Well, does that still make sense? Should we, because what, what that did, you now have an entire generation of infantry and armor leaders that don't think, that don't know sustainment, and don't think sustainment's their responsibility. And so you know, I brought up all these questions. I had the four star who was there turn to the two star who invited me and, and told him to throw me off post. I literally had to leave that session, drive to the hotel, check out early, call down to Fort Benning and have my, you know, my administrative folks uh, book me a flight home that night as opposed to the next day. I mean, that's insane, right? I mean, that's insane. If, if that four-star disagreed with me, I mean, I'm a big boy. Tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you're a four-star, you should be willing to have that intellectually driven discussion point by point of where I'm mistaken, right? Yeah. And my two-star buddy, he didn't he didn't agree with everything I said, right? You know, he's like, well, you know, hey, some of the good points, you know, but hey, you know, here, you don't understand what we're doing with, with this piece of what you're talking about. Okay, educate me some, you know, convince me so I can be convincing, right? Right. And, um, but, but that's, that's a terrible message. But by the way, everybody saw the fact that I vaporized at that point, right? So that entire conference was like, hey, man, you get off the party line. You know, it's not a black, it's not a black Chinook, but it's the next Delta flight, right? I mean, what are we doing, right? So we got that problem, right? And so we got to guard against that, and we got to guard against that at every level. Okay, so with that, the other thing we tried to do at at Benning when I was in command was try to drive and accelerate the transition uh, to large scale combat operations focus, right? And, uh, and, and of course, you know, this is, a, this is a contentious issue, right? Because where do you focus your effort? And so as we, you know, the phrase I was using, because, yeah, 
I'm an Irish kid from New Jersey, right? So I'm going to turn a phrase if I can, right? We, you know, my whole thing was we've got to get east of the Vistula and north of the Han, right? So Vistula, Poland you know, runs through Warsaw, the Han runs through Seoul, right? So, so that drives you into doctrinal Russian threat, doctrinal Chinese threat. And so we use that to start to, to, to accelerate how we were changing our PME. And, and, and we literally had to go around and look at every single thing we were doing on Fort Benning uh, to, to root out coin out of what we were doing, right? I, you'll love this. I was at the CAV leaders course my first year in command, and, and uh, we were talking about, you know, one of the one of the scenarios they were running for planning, and uh, you know, I had them talk me through. Oh, we're doing an area reconnaissance, and this is a this was a heavy CAV squad. We're doing an area reconnaissance. Like, eh, okay, area reconnaissance. All right, I'll walk with you. Yeah. Right. So, so again, it was it was a it was a desert, you know, desert environment, little village, right, little mosque in the village, right. And you're like, okay, it's starting to look like a court on a search to me, right. So we get there and I'm like. All right, yeah, and the reconnaissance objective, uh, or, or the, so the area, are these four buildings. And I said, okay, what's the reconnaissance objective? The police chief. Uh, and I went, I just looked at the, the brigade commander, who's a good guy, and I was like, yeah. are, you, are, you, are you, come on, man, are you kidding me? And he, he of course, you know, was like, God, God damn it, right? And of course, this young captain, who's, you know, I mean, you're you're a CAV leader course instructor because you're one of the very very best of your year group, right? Good smart guy, right? And and so we're having this discussion about it, and uh, and and I was like, look, man, and, and so we got to the point where he understood, okay, yeah, hey, that's that's actually I'm, I've still left a whole bunch of coin stuff in this as I'm trying to make this transition, but that's what he that's what that's what that captain knows, Right. So what we've been what we're asking everyone to do, including, by the way, that four star that threw me off post. Right. Is you, you've actually we've got to make a cognitive disconnect with our own experience. Right. Because because we're all we're all captured by what we've seen and done throughout our adult lives. Right? And so had that and that's really hard. Right. As a matter of fact, in that's in that same Cavalier course uh, discussion, we were talking about moving flank guards. And we were talking about how to organize the scouts as you go through that, because in our doctrinal manual at the time, we were actually we had a we had troop battle positions for the flank security. And that's and so you, I mean, that's stupid, yeah. right? I mean, but if you've never done it, yeah. you, might, you might not really know that that doesn't that's not going to work. Right. And so we would talk through this and we had a really good, you know, you know, you know shirts and skins discussion in that room with those captains as we were, as we were hashing this thing out. Right. And that's, and that's, I think what, what leaders who've seen those things have got to be able to have, you know, you got to be willing to have those discussions and convince these folks of your point of view. Right. You know, it shouldn't be like you blow on your two stars and go, ah, I said it, you know, you, you gotta bring them to it. You gotta convince them of it. Right. Real quick, sir. That's, on much, that, harder. Yeah. that's much harder for the guys who've never done it. Right. Right. If I can jump in on that too, like uh, I worked at uh, Able Armor, the Armor Basic course at the time, and I had run not at that time, but um, and I, I in very similar situations because this was, uh, you know, I was there. You were the, you were the chief of staff when I was there, and HR McMaster was the CG, and then it was uh, Scott Miller, and it was very similar because it was a that the Armor School had just moved there. We were out there at the Good Hope Maneuver Training Area. <laughs> trying to run over as many trees as we could to clear the training area so that we could 
uh, actually maneuver tanks and not just drive down roads. And uh, it, it, many, many times the the armor commandant and the MCO E uh, CG would come out there and poke me in the eye. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, I'm trying, <laughs> you know. But uh, so I, I, I started shaking when you were talking about coaching up the captain out there from the, uh, the CLC because I was that captain at one point. Yeah, I know how right. the dude felt. Anyway, sorry, continue, sir. That was just uh, one of those. It, it resonated with my soul. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. But you know, again, we we, I mean, that's a real that's a real challenge we're, you know, we're we're engaged in across the enterprise as we as we try to make this this change in focus. Now, the other side of that is right. I had you know I've had all these discussions with you know majors and captains and sergeants about. Uh, we're just going to walk away from coin all the lessons all the lessons we learned i, I said no I, absolutely not so but i but what i what i talked about especially for the doctrinal manuals we were writing i say hey, look man you, you what we've got right now is you've got in the in the main body of the narrative you've got coin and in the appendices you've got large-scale combat operations we we gotta we gotta switch that dynamic right so so everything large scale that's the that's the chapters right the appendices are the coin lessons that we've got to we've got to keep and maintain, but you got to you got to you got to choose focus. You know you don't have you you don't have the luxury of years and years and years to go through the captain's career course, right? You got to you got to focus, and then you got to train to it, and then you, know, you got to know where to go when you're when you're subjected to something different than what you've been trained for. That's where education comes in, right? And so then you got to know where to go, and you got to educate yourself. That concludes today's episode with Major General Pat Donahoe, uh, which we titled Don't Be a Farnsworth Part 1. General Donahoe, the second part of this discussion, uh, will continue in two weeks. Uh, We get a break uh, between this episode and the the remainder of the conversation. Uh, Next week we have a terrific discussion with uh, Professor Chris Tuck from uh, King's College uh, in London on land warfare and maneuver warfare. So, A nice little break uh, in between this episode uh, with General Donahoe and the concluding episode with him uh, next week. So please join us again, and thank you for listening.